welcome to another episode of TBI Talks Tech. I'm Eric Hill, sales trainer with TBI, and along with me is my co-host. Dave Polakowski, operations trainer at TBI. And today we have a very special episode and a special guest. So as Eric and everyone knows, it's about the end of the year, and we're going to start looking forward to 2021. And who better than to look forward with than the vice president of emerging technologies, the tech guru of the tech gurus, the one and only Anish Patel. Anish, thanks for joining us. Welcome. <laughs> well, thanks guys for having me. Uh, you, you're propping me up for no reason. I, my, my, my team is uh, <laughs> on the back end is so excellent. So I, I, I don't know if I deserve all those credentials. But hey, guys, my name is Anish Patel. I'm uh, the VP of emerging technologies, as Dave mentioned. I essentially have the pleasure of leading the uh, training and engineering, tech gurus, engineering organization at TBI. Uh, if, you're, if you haven't engaged us, engage us because we're going to drive tremendous value to you guys. We have a wealth of experience, an average of 25 years minimum, and, and we're comprised of sales engineers as well as uh, solutions architects that are very, very well versed in the entire IT stack from layer one all the way to layer seven. And one of the things we're focused on in terms of driving value is helping you have a very business-centric conversation with your customers. It's not about as we all know, technology is not about bits and bytes. You got to mm-hmm. start with the business conversation and then align technology. So, thanks again, guys, for having me. And don't don't be so humble, Anish. You've helped us really turn the corner yeah, in the last <laughs> year and a half or two, as far as next yeah. gen focuses and making sure we can put our money where our mouth is when it comes to some of those ancillary engineering resources we're able to offer our agents. And you know, I know TBI, myself, Landsberger, Anish also, you know, engineering training, we pay close attention to the Gartner reporting, the Forrester reporting, just so we can keep a finger on the pulse and communicate with agents effectively about what's coming down the pipeline, but predictions don't always translate to revenue, right? So we wanted to bring a niche on. The aim of this episode is really to help agents understand some of those upcoming trends and to monetize them, right? So at a high level, I'm sure a lot of us have heard, well, we're in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution now, which to me, a sales guy, I hear that, I'm like, well, are we talking about mechanical to steam and you know electricity and means of mass production, like industrial revolution in the digital age? What does that mean, Anish? Yeah, I mean, what we are in the fourth industrial revolution and in general, all, all, all four industrial revolutions have really transformed our society, if you think about it. Uh, to your point, Eric, you know, uh, the, the, the world has gone through these major shifts uh, from mechanical to mass production to digital revolution. And we're sort of living in this fourth, re- fourth revolution, which decades ago probably appeared a little bit more futuristic, right? George mm-hmm. Jackson-like, um, if you're a, a Terminator <laughs> fan, you know, it's akin, to, it's akin to Skynet, right? It feels something like out of a sci-fi movie, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we may not have flying cars right now or a full-blown, you know, neural network uh, that Skynet has uh, to re- ready to take over the world, but we're smack dab in the middle of this fourth revolution. And, and what it is is quite simply, I would say the fusion of all these technologies that we've heard about, right? It's it's uh, AI, it's uh, machine learning, it's IoT, it's robotics, it's genetic engineering, it's quantum computing, which, by the way, excites me the most because it's going to change 
the way we adopt a lot of the technologies I just mentioned. You could think about quantum computing as, you know, the difference between a Corolla, Corolla and a Ferrari, right? That's, that's the big difference. Our traditional compute systems are binary, there's ones and zeros, and you really can't do some advanced financial modeling. Other use cases start opening up when you start using quantum computing. So there's a lot going on in the fourth uh, revolution, and it's an exciting time to be Uh, you know, in the technology space for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a good time to be in technology and especially all of us going through, um, you know, a pandemic. Increasingly, we're kind of moving more and more to being online. And, you know, now we're kind of seeing the blending of digital and physical spaces, right? So like, for example, I know I was talking to Eric, we talked about, um, you know, augmented reality and like how, for example, these glasses I got, I did like a digital try on online where they took my picture and were able to kind of blend a picture of me and have this kind of augmented reality. So with these lines being blurred, um, how is that going to impact uh, the way businesses are able to reach out to their consumers, I guess, you know, moving forward? Well, it's going to have a huge impact on all kinds of businesses. Uh, the lines are definitely blurred, and it's no longer we, – we, we hear, you know, focus on the customer experience. It's no longer about the customer experience. I mean, businesses have to think about the phys- physical digital blur in, in terms of uh, the total experience, which, is com- which combines – not only the user experience, but the employee experience and the customer experience, right? And traditionally, all three have been treated as sort of separate objectives, if you will. And uh, if you think about the modern consumer, the modern consumer nowadays has very high expectations. Um, They've really been spoiled by technological advances. What they want is meaningful outcomes. They don't want, you know, a shiny new toy or a range of products and services. They want their purchasing journeys to uh, be engaging, to be integrated. I mean, think retail, omni-channel, right? Your your experience as you visit the store, online, et cetera, et cetera. That's the experience that every business, I don't care if you're in retail, manufacturing, whatever, you need to think about that total experience. And, um, you know, uh, and, and and give customers a way to access and consume your products and services without too much effort. Building on a total experience methodology is, is to me, about keeping your consumer engaged, keeping your customer, I should say, engaged and, and loyal. And this is what's going to differentiate you uh, as a business amongst your competitors, for sure. And I think that's really how you build a brand today, right? Based yeah. around CX versus, you know, our parents and grandparents all bought Ford and GE because that was that was the standard, right? Whereas today, I think the, the purchasers care less about brand and like Anish said, more about experience and about how the solution actually performs. And when you're talking about like CCAS specifically, that's one that comes up consistently with agents where you hear stuff like AI, right? Or like IOT, I onboarded an agent today who's going to be pretty exclusively focused on IOT. So some of this stuff, it's not, it's not new. It's, it's the way we're applying those technologies that's, that's new and more exciting. And, and that brings about other sets of challenges. Like in recent years, we've seen news break on data privacy and the way consumers' information, it's being bought and sold. So as we're all online, we're all more connected, these endpoints are collecting data from everywhere. I've heard the term internet of behaviors thrown around, and it seems like we're moving more now toward like theoretical and economics, like, you know, we're talking about the industrial revolution at the top of the pyramid, blending virtual and digital space. But I think now when we're start starting to talk about IoT and AI, that's where there's really opportunity for agents to turn around and monetize some of those emerging technologies. 
as it relates to you know compliance requirements and you know other use cases but what what have you seen anish what is what does all that really mean for an agent well first of all i just want to go back to internet of what yeah, you gotta love Gartner because I think their sole purpose in life is to come up with a term every every new you know, every year just to stay relevant. Yeah. But for those of you that aren't familiar with IOB uh, Internet Behaviors, it, it's it's really not a tool if you think about it. It's it's just a, a rather a set of technologies that you use to uh, collectively track how a user behaves, right? And uh, Gartner defines it as, quote, unquote, the digital dust of people's lives. Um, you know, to me, it's the breadcrumbs that you leave as a consumer, you know, across multiple channels or multiple sources that you engage on, whether it's the physical, virtual, social, and then, you know, how those companies use that data to influence your behavior. I mean, that's what it boils down to. There's certainly some ethical, social, and privacy concerns as well. I mean, I don't want Big Brother to monitor every single action that I'm doing every single second, right? right. But, um, you know, today today's consumer wants a very personalized attention. Some of them may want to, you know, or some of them may expect you to read their mind um, and, and, and predict what you're going to buy or predict what you're going to do. Hence, leveraging a lot of these cool technologies like AI and building that into your operations practice and building it into your e-commerce. That's what um, you know, a lot of these organizations are, are, are doing is, is leveraging these cool technologies to, to influence how that customer buys and how the customer should behave. You kind of touched on ethics there, right, too, which is you know, kind of what you're saying is, you know, you're looking for a customized experience, which requires kind of some collection of data, but there is kind of that line of, okay, I'll let you have this, but I don't want to be giving you my social security number for, you know, to buy a pack of gum or whatever it may be, right? So um, that's kind of a line I think we're going to have to, you know, kind of increasingly kind of find where there's going to be value for both people on each side, right? That's exactly what I was going to say, that as consumers, we have to choose like what we're willing to give up based on the value we're, we're getting in return from whatever the service might be. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I have kids, uh, you know, both teenage drivers and, you know, obviously my insurance gives me a cut when uh, I put some type of device in my car that monitors the behavior of my, you know, of my teens. It's either a device or an app on your phone. Right. And I'm okay relinquishing that information because it's going to help reduce the cost of my insurance. But the last thing I want to do is I, I don't want the police to have access to that same data, right, right? in terms of uh, how I'm driving. Sure. And so the, that, that's where you kind of get into some of, the, some of the concerns overall. And just some of the ways I think the world is, is changing in general, right? Yep, absolutely. So, you know, remote, remote workforce, sorry, has been kind of an increased, uh, you know, demand, obviously, with everyone working from home. So agents that aren't already invested in that and kind of in these cloud solutions, um, where do they kind of start these conversations, I guess? I would say uh, from a partner perspective, don't boil the ocean, don't overcomplicate things. Um, look, we're in the midst of some major, major transformations, and, and pe- the pandemic has certainly accelerated a lot of those digital transformations. I think we, we could all agree on that. Um, you know, try to understand where your customer is in that transformational journey, right? I mean, if your customer, you know, wanted to move workloads to the cloud five years from now, guaranteed that that project got pushed up and accelerated quite a bit. So understand what they're trying to do. Understand what you, what business outcomes your customer's trying to realize. And and I and I think in having those conversations at a high level, you could also start to assess where your customer is today, where they're going, or the journey they're on, and how you could help them. Uh, I would say the pandemic is certainly 
impacted budgets for 2021 for sure. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of budgets are under scrutiny. Uh, organizations are kind of assessing two things uh, in going into 2021 is number one, can I uh, realize the investment that I've made in technology next year, right? It, you know, or is it a sunk cost? You know, so whatever I have, if I have a hosted PBX or if I have, you know, cloud service, am I utilizing the most of it? Am I realizing the value of it? And then the second is there are a lot of legacy apps and infrastructure out there. Folks don't want to let go of it. So, you know, is there is there some technical debt that I'm carrying that I may maybe looking to start refreshing? Right. Mm-hmm. For the agents who you know are already out there and they're they're messaging security and you know, infrastructure, where should they really be focused in 21, you know, if, if they're already doing what you're telling them to now? So, so let's, let's distill this conversation down into, you know, how, how do I monetize, how, do, how could partners monetize the trends and transformations that are going on in the industry today, right? We mm-hmm. talked a lot about the pie in the sky things, AI, you know, there's, we didn't even touch on Bitcoin or some of these other technologies. Yeah, you, it's really tough for a partner to, to, th- to think about how they could monetize that. Right. I would say focus on the key technologies that set a strong foundation to enable AI, to enable, you know, Bitcoin if you're running, um, you know, that in your network. Um, so the three key trends that I, I, sh- I, I think partners should capitalize on in 2021, number one is, you know, offensive cybersecurity. Uh, number two is workload mobility, and number three is really this this mass movement to uh, consuming cloud services. So let's let's unravel and unpack the three of those. And I'd love to get your thoughts, Eric and Dave, on, on kind of what you're seeing from uh, from an operation standpoint, and you know as you're training our partners as well, mm-hmm. kind of what you're hearing from our partners. But let's let's start with security. Look, every company uh need, really needs to be on the offense when it comes to security it's no longer a you know a want it's a need uh, a lot of times security is viewed as a an insurance pos- uh, policy no longer is it a policy yeah, insurance policy for sure i can't stress this enough it's the number one concern for every single customer i don't care if you're smb all the way up to the enterprise. Everyone's heard of these uh, stats uh, in terms of what's going on. You know, ransomware attacks are up 400%, DDoS up 240. I mean, since the pandemic started, uh, cybersecurity attacks in general have increased 600%. Everyone gets it, right? It's a scary world. I know partners that I talk to a lot, they're very comfortable selling network, very comfortable selling um, SD-WAN. But you can't really have a, a network or an SD-WAN conversation without talking about security, to be honest. I was talking to a partner just recently, and you know that partner was very apprehensive even talking about security because it wasn't in their comfort zone. But one of their customers got hit with a ransomware attack. And so naturally, the customer leaned on the partner for assistance. And through the entire process, the, the, the partner actually felt a little bit more comfortable talking about security. It's not that, you know, it's, it's not a technical conversation, guys. It's, it's more of a risk-based conversation. The sooner you understand that, the easier it is. It's so easy to open a door for security opportunities. I would say, you know, the, 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 probably the number one question you could ask your, your customer is, how would you rate your you know, security posture from one to 10, right? One being not the most effective, not secure to 10. You got all the bells and whistles and all the controls in place and you're, you're, you're 99.99% secure, right? And you'll be surprised at what comments you get from 
uh, your customer. And, and more than likely, they're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. And guess what? They're going to throw up on you as far as things that they need to fix or things that IT is not doing right or things that, you know, uh, are being demanded by the marketing organization that, uh, you know, IT can't move quickly. So th- there's there's so many ways you could go about this. I'm going to stop there and kind of get your comments. See I mean, what, the, what you the thing you said there, Anish, that, that I latched on to, right, is with respect to qualifications. Like we're not asking agents to do the technical qualifications on security. We're asking you to have a conversation based on the business objectives and outcomes and the acceptable risk that your right. customer is is willing to take on. So like Anish said, the sooner we turn that corner, the better. What I see, and I interact with a lot of new agents, I've done like 185 new agent onboardings this year, I think they're in two camps. Either they're not selling security because like Anish said, they're just more trepidatious, it's outside of their comfort zone, or, they, or they're already you know selling cybersecurity in be it a hardware or managed service fashion. So for those agents who who really haven't made that that pivot yet, what kind of resources do they have at TBI to help them overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I have a dedicated cybersecurity architect. I mean, that that you know, Jim Bowers, yeah, very seasoned veteran when it comes to security. I mean, this guy, all he does is lives, eats, and breathes security. So he's he's going to establish credibility in front of your customer and talk about things that you know he's seen or you know things that the customer should be doing in terms of a strategy to bolster their security posture. Yeah, Jim's got really good stories too. I feel like a lot of the operation stuff, at least what I'm seeing, is kind of like some of the similar things of um, kind of the objections that a partner might have is really just that kind of lack of comfort and being outside of their comfort zone and something they don't really know. Um, you know, so while our ops teams have been quoting security for however long and pricing it out, you know, and getting contracts and doing all that, um, as right. that volume shifts to becoming more and more, you know, there's going to have to be uh, um, impetus on training on those sorts of things. So that's kind of why, you know, security, especially with remote workforce, um, you know, people are on a lot of these unsecured connections, kind of like, you know, I'm on my home network, for example. It's mm-hmm. kind of been pushed into a need. The conversation since COVID kind of hits been a little bit more immediate, I guess. So that's kind of what I'm seeing on the, the ops end. And one, one of the other pillars that you mentioned, Anish, was mobility. And operationally, mm-hmm. like we're very strong. Like we have our own mobility practice. We have a leader, a manager of that group. So I'll throw it back over to Deepol to speak to some of the mobility and ops stuff that he's seen recently. But what I've seen from agents is mobility is kind of like the forgotten stepchild, right? It's just like one of those things that agents aren't asking about you know, be it because they just they, they didn't think they could actually make a buck, you know, on mobility, uh, but they can, you know, cell service or data only devices, 4G routers, backup, like it's all it's all really relevant because when we engage with our agents and by way of our agents, their customers and the customers are like, hey, what's important? It's wireless and wireless backup, right? They're buying it, but agents aren't out there necessarily talking to customers about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, th- think about mobility from a from a, uh, a remote employee perspective as well, right? So 
uh, let's face it, I think, uh, you know, when this pandemic is over, we're going to have a lot of remote workers. It's, so the work from home movement is here to stay. And you got to every enterprise has to think about, you know, do they have the right set of technologies in place at the home to make sure that home is secure, just like it is, you know, the office, right? Is it secure? Am I giving the best connectivity to my remote worker? If it's a call center employee, as an example, providing the best experience possible, right? Because it impacts your band brand, sorry. What we're seeing is if the work from home uh, in terms of technologies, SD-WAN, all right? SD-WAN is definitely becoming a reality at home. It's not just for branch offices. DAS is another thing, right? Uh, desktop as a service. Now you could give, extend a desktop through a web interface to your user working from home uh, in a more secure fashion that's going to give uh, some really strong performance. And the other thing is, you know, companies are start, going to start to want to measure productivity. So we're going to mm-hmm. start seeing third-party productivity solutions being implemented to make sure you know, that I as an employee working from home are being super productive. It's not to be that big, big brother or spy on them, but just to make sure that 80% of the workforce that may be working from home is super productive there. Right. Yeah. And to touch just a little more on the mobility, um, you know, I think that's kind of one of the um, unsung teams of TBI. Myself being on the quoting team in the uh, pre-sales world for five years, you know, really we were just getting opportunities here and there to now, not only do we have a team, but it's a necessity, frankly, because they're just the specialists of what they do. It's just exciting to see that kind of grow from, you know, this these kind of opportunities where even, you know, some of the more tenured people were like, oh, we're not really used to seeing this. And now it's like we have this dedicated resource that just handles mobility. So that's um, mm-hmm. just been a huge value increase that I've seen. Yeah. And let me just wrap it up by the third, the third, third piece that I talked about real quick is this whole movement to the cloud. Organizations are moving their workloads to the cloud, period. I mean, a lot of CXOs are looking to continue to sort of accelerate that spend. Uh, and when I say the cloud, it could be public-private, it could be co-location, so it doesn't have to be just all cloud services. And the reason why is for agility, right? I mean, when the front door at HQ or your data center had to shut down, it was very difficult to be super agile, right? And cloud services enable some of that agility. So you need to be talking to your customers about that movement and that migration to the cloud. What does that look like and what kind of journey they're on? What I've seen with agents as far as like colo or consumption of data center services, I think a lot of them are selling infrastructure successfully. The ones who want to but aren't, you know, are sometimes caught up with this rack ping power pipe. Hey, here here are the details, mm-hmm. right? Can can we get colo? Where we need to be, it comes back to the business outcome. Like, all right, what's the time frame? What's the budget? What is the customer actually trying to to move? Like applications specifically, right? And that's where I think our team can become valuable. And what agents need to understand is that the providers themselves, whether you're talking about infrastructure or security, once you get them a good lead, they're going to do the heavier lifting as far as the sales cycle, right? You you can ride along and learn to sell with them, but it's not it's not like a faucet. You know, it's not just going to turn on and all of a sudden you're going to be flying solo and selling security and infrastructure. It's a crawl, walk, run type scenario. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 80% of the battle is just getting the door open. Once you open the door, then you got all these resources behind you to help you have the right conversation at the right level. Right. And that's I think that's mirrored in the, the ops department as well, too. Um, once you kind of get the, hey, what are we trying to accomplish question answered, and you can kind of get that over to the carrier, again, they're going to be willing to do the heavy lifting because they want that deal. So 
Yeah, so I, I really hope agents take advantage of that now because, like, you know, years ago, I'm sure they did that for UCAS as well, right? Well, are they going to do that on a 25-seat opportunity now? No, you got to go and sell it yourself. So I think the sooner agents can get in on, on some of these opportunities now and work the sales cycles with the providers while the providers or TBI is willing to do a lot of the work, you know, for them, just find the lead, get it over to us, you know, you'll, be, you'll be better off five years from now. Do you guys have New Year's resolutions at all? Ooh, I, uh, <laughs> I'll start. Um, I guess uh, I'm not a huge resolution guy. I try to, um, you know, keep that as a yearly thing. If I find something I want to improve, I just kind of do it. But uh, I will, yeah, yeah. I will say, and this is probably a, a probably pretty something that a lot of people can relate to is got to kind of get back in the gym. Um, that's been a strong point in my past of not having to come around to January and like push myself. But uh, man, if COVID and stay in the house ain't a good excuse to kind of get off track with that, I'll tell you what, man, it's <laughs> nothing else. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it. So that's, yeah. that's my, uh, it's a typical one, but for me, it's a, it's a new one. So um, we, yeah, when we get back to the office, I'm sure like some of us will be doing double takes like, wait, is that Eric? Is <laughs> a little more full than it used to be. Uh, yeah. I need to, I need to head back to the gym as well. But yeah, look, my, my New Year's resolution, maybe I'm coming across as a monk, but it's really to seek, uh, um, you know, I'd say mental, spiritual, you know, physical unity with myself. I mean, be honestly, 2020 has been a very tough year, challenging year for all of us. We've handled it in different ways. I just want a better version of me in 2021, kind of reboot myself. I got the last two weeks off and uh, Christmas and I'm going to really think about, you know, how do I come back super energized, super excited so I could uh, get rocking and rolling and, uh, you know, achieve all the things I want personally and then also professionally as well. And I got my accountability partner as well, my wife, who's going to make sure I'm going to stay true to what, there uh, you go. what I set as goals. That's important. Yeah, mine, uh, it's going to sound funny and I'll, I'll tell you the bigger goal behind it, but it's to wear my dental guard every night. I grind my teeth in my uh, sleep. Ah, yeah. And it's uh, it's starting to to not be so great for my dental health, but uh, that's just a symptom of the overall goal of just kind of de-stressing in general, trying to not not to sweat the small stuff sometimes mm-hmm. as much as I do. So I'll just we're all kind of looking to improve ourselves in uh, 2021 and just be the best version of ourselves. I think so. We're all kind of the same page there, which is nice. Yeah. Thanks, Anish, for the time. I know you've got to get on. Uh, we're looking forward to 2021 with our agents. And please, if you're not engaged with the tech gurus, if you're not engaged with training, if you're not hooked up with your CM and starting to account map with customers on how we're going to attack some of these next gen products and solutions, do it today. Questions, comments, send them to TBI Talks Tech at tbicom.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.